if you're willing to commit for longer periods of time and we know that we've got that loyalty from you and we want to reward you back, of course, and that's you'll see a decrease in the per record cost that comes through. Welcome to Subscriptions Scaled, sponsored by Rebar Technology. Join us each week to hear from industry leaders in the subscription space, share their best tips and stories, and learn how you can up-level your subscription business today. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Subscription Scaled. I'm your host, Nick Frederick. With me today is Lloyd Starr, who is the president and COO of Vinyl Me Please. Lloyd, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Awesome. Well, this is certainly a fun topic to talk about albums and records. I mean, I've got a background in the music industry. I live in Nashville and, you know, you and I have met before and had some conversations and I think we could geek out for an hour just talking about that, but we will get into some subscription specific topics here. But for those that may not know about VMP and of course yourself, give us a little bit of background. Yeah. Vital Me Please is a unique business in the music industry today because it, technology has just absolutely asked us to trade these human analog experiences that we have for digital convenience. And in mm -hmm. everyone's home at this moment, there's a little canister that has all of the albums you could ever imagine right there and available, and you can just ask for it. So we fit, we're doing our best, Vinyl Me Please, when we're facilitating these transcendent, tangible music experiences in, through the medium of vinyl. And we do that through the subscription, as you pointed out, and also a number of other journeys that we go on with our anthology series and through the store. But when we're at our best, our mission is that we're exploring music together. So we really see ourselves as less of a company that's making vinyl products and trying to sell them out there to all these channels, but more of a community and a platform of music lovers. And we just get to hang out with each other all day and have some fun. Yeah. So fundamentally, like how is the vinyl music lover different from the digital music lover? Yeah, good question. I would say there's a lot of crossover. A number of people out there that we talk to and we work with believe that there's actually a major separation. But at the end of the day, I listen to streaming all the time, right? Macintosh just put a player in the new Wagoneer, right? We're all listening to streaming and most of us, at, when we're at home and have the opportunity, we sit down and we listen to vinyl. What I think is special about the individuals who want to listen to vinyl is it becomes more of a ritual, right? Which is, hey, I'm going to take time out of my day. I'm going to go pull some albums for my friends, my family, for myself. And I'm going to put that on the platter and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to listen to the full album. I think with a lot of the listening that goes on today through our Alexas and everything else is it's very, it's background music almost. And we're relying on these algorithms to pick the music for us. So I think there's just something more intentional about your music selection, your discovery, when you're putting down your money to buy an album. And quite frankly, the experience we all have, you're willing to put the real estate in your house to have vinyl records in there. Yeah, it is one of the best examples of the differences in a purely digital experience and an analog one. I've recently gotten, uh, I should say, back into vinyl. Probably had some when I was much, much uh, younger. But, you know, just that experience of 
buying a record and you're not just buying a song, you're buying a record and you're very consciously doing that, then you're bringing that physical thing home. You're putting it on a platter, you're moving over the needle. And then I, for the first time in forever, sat down and read the liner notes and like was just in a way that I just have not engaged with music in forever. And if I was the end of it, I would had sat there for a couple of hours just listening. And I was like, man, what a totally different experience than it's been on Spotify or Apple Music. And again, nothing wrong with those. It's just a dramatically different experience. And you can't really appreciate it until you've gone through it. But we talk about all the time on the show how the key to successful subscription business is having engaged subscribers now. This is not about set it and forget it businesses. This is about how do I engage with them and continue to deliver value. So it makes a hell of a lot of sense to me that a vinyl subscription business would be very successful. I mean, is that is that your hypothesis as well? Yeah, but there's times in our history where as a subscription business, we weren't really performing for our customers the way that we should. We always had this discovery element. We always had that bond between the music, but there was an inflection point maybe about four years ago in the business where we really sat down and we put ourselves in our customer's shoes and we listened to them. And every single thing they told us through our surveys that we're using on Delighted to get our NPS score, through surveys that we sent them directly to people who are writing to customer care. We aimed to solve all of those issues. And some of those things were like, hey, we just don't want to wait so long for the records we're getting. And even though we only offer one free shipment a month, we moved to two because that's what they wanted. And that's all on our dime. But it gets that, like, it feeds that need. What we did is we we stopped making it about us. And we said, well, what do they want? They want more music exploration faster at home. And how do we deliver that magic? Well, the only way we can do it faster is if we send them that record sooner. And so we looked at all these pieces, like even the box, we just increased our box cardboard percentage by 33%. Nobody knows this yet, but we did it because people were complaining about the dings and dents in the corners of their records. And we want to stop that. We don't want that going on. We can't control the UPS or USPS and the way that they're handling things. And clearly there's different fulfillment centers that are respect boxes Mm -hmm. better than others, but You know, we knew that it was on us to listen to our customers and start to deliver the things that would make, would take the friction out of the experience for them. And we got more to do, you know, the long list of us. They're a very vocal and smart community, and we're so grateful to have them. Well, this is a passionate community, right? Because you collect vinyl because you appreciate the experience, right? If you just want music, you go the digital route, right? So it's natural that they would be, probably more than willing to give you a lot of feedback, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. And they'll, they'll, they'll be in our corner when something goes wrong. And some of our customers have been along for a, a long time will say, hey, the thing about VMP guys, just chill out. They'll make good on this. They know their last year with Mars Volta record, we had some an issue where, because it's an analog process where some of the records uh, had a no-fill issue. And we went back all the way back to our manufacturer and we had them repress that record so that we could deliver it to the customers who had the issue. Not everyone had them, but uh, higher than normal amount. And we replaced them all for free. And it's just so important to us that our customers at the end of the day are happy with the product that they have because yeah, they are very engaged. And we have that direct-to-consumer connection. Unlike some of the other people who are selling records through say Walmart or through Target, they'll never know whether that customer actually had a good experience. We do. And so we're able to then respond and listen and make changes accordingly and make right what uh, didn't go well. 
Yeah. So what are the different ways that you build community around these users? Yeah. I know you guys have, there's a Reddit handle, you know, where they can exchange information. I'm sure on the website, there's ways to do that as well. But where is your community at? Yeah, actually, thanks for asking that. We just launched a Discord server this year and it has gone really, really well. And what I like about how we view communities, we've got this absolutely amazing customer care rep, Paul, and he's been here forever. And he not only has he been here forever, but he participates as a member. He listens to music every day with the community and is just really active and engaged. And so what he did is he went to all the moderators of all the communities that we had out there. And he said, hey, I want to do a Discord server so that we can make a more personalized set of interactions with our community. Would you come help me design that? And so for months, they were all in there talking about the best way to launch the Discord server, how it should go. He was able to give different moderators from different places levels of responsibility. And then we launched it. It goes out there. It's super active. It's growing like crazy. And here's, I'll give you an example of one that was really fun. We decided we're going to launch this thing called Selector Series and it's guest curation because we're about exploring music together. And if we're all the only ones picking records, well, that's really just exploring music with BNP. So we went to our Discord community and we said, hey, what records from our history are some of your favorite? We want to do a guest curation that comes from the Discord server out to you. And this actually just happened this week. They came back with 200 selections, 200 selections from our history. And so we had to narrow it down to 12 because 200 is a lot. Uh-huh. They really didn't give us a selection. They gave us a series, which is really uh-huh. neat. Because then that means we're going to be exploring music with them. And it was just like they were upvoting things and talking and contemplating. I wish there was a way to just bottle all that up and be able to broadcast that out to the people who are looking for music discovery or the people who just bought the records, because there's so many really smart and deep things being discussed in that community. And and we just, we're in it, our CEOs in there all the time. And we're just constantly building that platform and dialogue with them. Wow, that's fascinating. I mean, going out to the moderators of all of these other platforms who are clearly, you know, the most engaged or the most invested in it and saying, hey, help me come do this. I mean, talk about ingraining someone in your brand. I mean, that's I can't think of a better way to do that. It's just been really magical. So how do you guys think you're taking, you know, vinyl obviously being the very physical interaction with music. And a lot of people think, okay, I want to go to a record store, right? I want to go in front of the bins and I just want to start flipping through those. You know, that's all kind of part of that experience. How have you guys tried to effectively translate that experience online? Yeah, that crate digging. So we, you know, you you can't see this, but you know, when you're flipping through that crate and you pull that record, you just look on people's face. So we just relaunched this series on YouTube that we have called High Fives, where we actually go record shopping with artists. So we did last year, we did Common and Slow Tie, and just a number of folks. We just relaunched that. And so one way is we bring that on digitally by asking interesting questions, not your typical questions that you would ask a musician, but interesting questions. And they pick their top five records and you get to shop with them virtually. And I think that's just so special because you get to hear their story. And, you know, every musician has this like deep, deep inspirational pull from other artists and to hear from them and their perspective, how they were inspired by this artist. And that's why they sound like this is just really cool. And sometimes a little surprising. Like, wow, I never really thought. Yeah. So we do that and that's pretty fun. The other way that we've done it in this past year, and this was another thing that our customers had talked to us about. We were constantly running out of 
inventory and our selection wasn't wide. We invested. While everybody else had pressing capacity issues in the last year, we invested in growing our selection. So I have 2,000 records in my virtual record store now. And we have just our history and we have new ones and we have discovery picks. And so we're trying to, to, to curate for a wide range of tastes based on the community that we have now and the community we'd yeah. like to have in the future. And that's just created a really cool dynamic where we have folks coming in and they might decide, hey, I don't want to go on that main uh, track with you. Like, I'm not that interested in that artist or I'm not that interested in that genre. And now they could usually select from 80 different titles or more of another journey to go on. And we're trying to make that just as special as going on the main line bringing in the context and the editorial and the, like the virtual liner notes. So it's like, yeah, if you don't want to, that's cool. You could take a different path. We actually encourage that. We want, and we want to know what path you're taking and, and why you're taking it. And so we have kind of that ability for people to kind of flip through the crates. We did something and this one causes a little bit of friction and we know it, but we don't know what to do about it. We do this thing called throwback Thursday. And what throwback Thursday is, is we have a low stock, of inventory because these records sold out quickly. We always hold back enough reserves that if somebody had an issue or whatever, we could replace it really quickly and right away. And at some point we actually, we don't need it to be furniture in the warehouse. So we release it to our customers, but it goes like that. And so we're doing things where we're trying to let everybody know these giant lists of records that you can pick from in advance and they can kind of virtually create it. And then when that moment comes, they could be there to go secure those records. I get it. I'll probably get a little bit of uh, uh, flack for this from customer care. We don't have enough titles to satisfy people, but mm -hmm. you know, it's that's kind of the nature yeah. of it, which is, yeah, it was a really hot record and yeah. really got to be a member if you want to have access to that stuff when it comes out. But you get your chance later. It's just you get what's left over, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that scarcity, right, is actually part of the experience too, because you can't just go to a record store and expect to find every record there. It's what's available now. So you're kind of creating that experience online too, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, let's talk a little bit why this makes sense as a subscription and as a membership club on VMP. Yeah. There's, again, plenty of people who want to just, hey, when I have time, I'm going to go to a record store. I'm going to pick out one or two yeah. and that's you know what I'm going to buy. So why does it make sense to do this sort of thing as a club on a recurring basis? Yeah, I'm sure there's probably a million different answers to that question. For me, personally, what's happened, I came from the electronic dance music space. I, I used to run Beatport and I was really big into that world and my musical taste kind of narrowed, I'd almost say, and I was just living in that space. Once I learned about Bottom Me Please, which was before I started working here, they just kept picking these records that sometimes I hadn't heard of before or I forgot about. And so for me, the idea of the subscription and staying on the track is I get to widen my musical taste. I get to see things that I wouldn't normally have seen or thought of. And it reminds me of what that radio DJ used to be, where they'd be like, you know, I know this is the top whatever, whatever record, but you got to listen to this. And KCRW was doing that quite well. You got to listen to this record that you never heard of and never would have heard of. And then that brings and expands your discovery. And so for me, being on that track is I just get to celebrate all these really interesting musical journeys that I might not have gone on. And I've had to expand myself pretty deeply in order to move into country because that wasn't really a genre that I was into. But going through it in vinyl, it's just a different game. I'm actually appreciating the music more than I was previously. 
And so joining the subscription is one, you're going to get the most bang for your buck. So it's a lower price point, especially if you join for three, six or 12. And then you get access to add on records at a cheaper rate. So you get kind of a buy more and save methods because we want to bring that to our members. You get access to the records like these throwback Thursdays. You couldn't have got those unless you were a member. So there's some exclusivity to the club and all of that that we like to build in. But really for me, it's being able to be on autopilot to not have to think about all of the things that I want intentionally because I do pick those. I pick those from the store each month. But then to also have some things coming in that I wouldn't have thought of from people I trust, because quite frankly, I get to talk to these people and they say some really cool and interesting things uh, <laughs> that don't always get out there to the rest of the world. It's, it's yeah. pretty fun to be in those meetings. Yeah. But I mean, that curation element, there's a fine line, of course, between, hey, recommending things, this is good stuff. And then, you know, I'm sure you know it, you've got some passionate members who are like, I know more than you. And don't you force me down a path, (laughs) or at least don't make me have that experience. And so being able to switch out the record of, hey, there's the one we're going to send you this month and giving them the opportunity to say, I want, you know, something else instead. That's great. And that's good to meet subscribers where they want to be met. But that also creates some complexities, right? How do you yeah. find the right balance there? You, I think you just, you got to look at the data. We have a tremendous data warehouse and set of dashboards. And I actually watch live all of the swapping that's going on. So I know when somebody like, swaps a John yeah. Coltrane for Jay Diller or whatever. And we, we're constantly looking at that. And we're asking ourselves like, well, why is it happening? Was it something to do with this record? Or was it something to do with the record that we put out? Because sometimes it's like, this is a perfectly great record, but we accidentally put something really remarkable, not accidentally, but intentionally, something really <laughs> remarkable in swaps and they want that instead, right? Yeah. But you mm-hmm. know, they're going to come around at some point and pick this record up. That's the mainline one. So really it, it has been a shift in just trying to remove the friction points. And I know we still have some, all businesses do. And trust me, we have plans in the works to resolve a lot of these things, but removing the friction points and allowing people to get those records that they want the way that they want it. And the only way you can figure that out is by watching what they're doing and then accounting for it, right? So we saw that people wanted more assortment. So we bought more assortment. We saw people wanted more presses of records we've done before. So we did more represses right? It's just really responding to them. The community, like you pointed out before, is very vocal, very smart. And if we just listen to them and put that VMP angle on it, we all win. Yeah. Gotcha. I noticed one of the features on the website is the, you know, you've got a lot of records listed there that actually aren't available. Mm -hmm. And so you have the ability to click and kind of wait list. Hey, if this comes back up, I want it. I mean, that's super powerful data right there, right? It is. And we're, we're going to do some cool stuff with our community around that, actually, and give them some say in what comes down the pipe, which is really exciting. But that what it's doing is it's helping inform how we prioritize the ones that we go repress and bring back. Some of that stuff we just can't get the rights for anymore. For whatever reason, either the estate is going through something or the label just can't get it cleared or whatever it might be. And those are bummers because we know there's a community of people who really, really want it. We want to serve them. So we're always working really hard to get those things in the mix. And that's, to your point, the complexity. I'll tell you what, like having the pipeline of all the records that you're pressing and then having them out far enough in advance that they can be 
in the warehouse and shipped to your customers in a pressing capacity crisis has been a whole new game. And if head of supply chain was not so on top of playing that game at Tetris and our partners who, who help us get that stuff done, we'd really be in trouble. But case in point, why are we going to start pressing our own records? More control. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So creating your own pressing plant. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit, you know, kind of what went oh, yeah. into the decision to do that. And then what do you really see that is that enabling for you guys? And are you exclusively now going to press your own? Or are you still going to use third parties as well? Yeah, so we won't, uh, there's too much demand to press exclusively our own. So what we're going to focus on are the more premium, high quality audio file sounding records and packages, which is going to be unique because they're the more boutique kind of collector's items anyway. And over time, you know, we'll see how all that shifts around. But the pressing plant's really neat. I'm very, I'm deeply excited about this. Me and the partners here have created something that's more than just the pressing. There's going to be an experiential component. Some of that experience will be able to, to experience online, bring people into the pressing plant through the content and video that we produce and information around their records. It's, yeah. it's going to be really neat. But also, if you're in Denver, we're going to have a listening station and you're going to be able to come in and take free tours of the pressing plant and see stuff coming off the line and get a better understanding of how it all, all goes down. And there'll be a cool experiential component with arts and with hopefully some other things in there, wine, whatever it might be. But all that's coming together. First, we got to get up and running and pressing records because that's the most important thing. But why did we do it? If you're following vinyl, you probably know that you've got people like Taylor Swift, for example, right? She, she had amazing innovator, make, does really cool, really, really cool pressings in vinyl. And it's always really unique with Easter eggs and stuff like that. I think she is absolutely an explorer, but she goes and wipes out a million records of capacity, a limited <laughs> space, right? Adele did the same thing. And so what happens is you got all these independent labels and uh, smaller run projects and some of the stuff that's left to center like we do, and they just get pushed out and they got to wait a year. They got to wait two years. And so we said, hey, well, what if we actually did something different like Jack White and like Citizen Vinyl and, and so forth? And we actually created a pressing plant where that stuff can get done and the bigger projects can continue to be pressed for their press, but we can do it here like this and keep that piece of the music space alive and have total control over it. Now we do have, you probably saw in the news, David Rawlings is chief groove officer and a partner in the business. And so we'll be pressing some of his records there too. So we're going to do some records for other partners who are invested in the space, but you'll see they're all similar to us in some way. And we believe in the vinyl community in general. I love independent record stores. We love all of the people doing the smaller projects. We love the big projects too. It's just, we don't participate in those as much as say Walmart or Target does. Yeah. Let's talk about pricing for a little bit. There's obviously some hard costs that go into uh, oh, pressing yeah. a, a record. There's fulfillment costs. And there's all those kind of things that go when you ship them out the door. But when you look at specifically your subscriptions and your the monthly price you've set for those, records can fluctuate a lot in what their end cost is. So how do you factor that into a subscription where you're saying, all right, here's a one month, three month or, or 12 month yeah. cost? I mean, that's got to be a, a little bit tricky. How did you arrive at your plans and the price for those? Yeah, it's, it's tough, right? Because you don't know 12 months from now what the cost of precedent record will be. And it's all gone up. Everything's gone up, right? The cost of vinyl pellets has gone up. The cost of wood pulp for printing gate folds has gone up. 
the cost of the shipping from the postal service has gone up. Everything's gone up. And yeah. through all of that, we've tried to just maintain our price point. And so we're feeling a squeeze on our margins and that's fine. We really want to deliver the quality. So we're not trying to race to the bottom and cheapen the price of our records and our pressing or skimp out on any of the processes. We want to maintain quality all the way. Now, when it comes to the pricing that we have now, if you're just going month to month to month, that's the highest price that you'll pay for the membership. You'll get some benefits like free shipping and you'll get the ability to add on records at a much lower price point than the store and member pricing, that sort of thing. And we want to be mm -hmm. able to, for the people who are getting more than one record from us a month, to pass on some savings to them, value them. We're going to do some things even beyond that next year, which will be really fun. But if you're willing to commit for longer periods of time, and we know that we've got that loyalty from you, and we want to reward you back, of course, and that's, you'll see a decrease in the per record costs that come through on that. And so it's like anything, man, pricing is hard. You want to do what's right by your customers, but you also want to make sure you're not losing money for every record yeah. that you yeah, sell. You got to run a business. It's got to, yeah, it's you got to run a business. Money, yeah. It takes, you know, in order to invest in things like pressing plants and high quality packaging and getting shipments out twice a month instead of once a month, that stuff all costs money, but we run really lean. We've got a pretty small team here getting this all done. It's just 29 of us. Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. So I was going to ask the question, what's next for you guys? Obviously yeah. the pressing plant and that yeah. whole experience is huge, but what else is going on? Are you guys going to, any changes to the member experience or the offers that you guys are putting out there? Absolutely. We've got some really fun things coming down next year, but I can't tell you about any of them. I'll <laughs> okay. just say we're going to have some new journeys for our customers that are going to be fun, really fun. We're super excited about it. Next year is our 10-year anniversary, so we're going to be celebrating Vinyl Me Please 10, yes. and there's going to be yeah. some cool stuff around that. We're going to be doing some neat marketing activities and experiential activities that should be a little off the beaten path, exploratory, which is, okay. is something that's fun to kind of return back to. But yeah, we, we got a, just a, a really great roadmap, curational roadmap for the whole year. We've got some really cool projects in the works. We've got some changes to the experience coming down the line. And then we're going to do some things to continue to remove friction points and reward our customers for being loyal and being on this journey with us. And quite frankly, allowing us all to do this together. Yeah, that's very cool. I mean, you know, when you think about, and again, we talk about it on the show all the time, the power of subscription businesses is in the communities that they can create. Because that's what Amazon subscribe and save or, or even Walmart plus or those things they'll never be able to compete with, right? That's never going to be the experience that those types of subscribers go there for. So I think VMP is the perfect example of that community and how you guys are engaged with it and building it in order to just kind of, you don't want to go out and just throw advertising dollars against the wall. You guys are creating evangelists, right? Who are doing that for you. And there's no more solid subscription recurring revenue business than one that's got all of these people out there that are just constantly talking about it for you. So well done on creating that type of business. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and you know, it really takes a village. We've got so many really passionate community members, customers, and people working here. It's it's pinch myself every day. We get to make projects in vinyl. We get to experience exploring music together with our community. And I think what you'll see coming down the pike is we're just going to double down on all of that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, cool. So if any of our listeners here today, you know, have questions, want to learn more about VMP or questions about maybe some of the things we talked about today, where should they go? Oh man. Uh, to our discord server. 
that is the best place to go. We love right. having people in there asking questions. We've got great moderators. We've got a good community. If somebody from the staff isn't answering your question, one of the community members probably can. Good recommendations go. on music. I would say get yeah. into that Discord community if you can. And if that's not really your flavor, then you know, come check out the website, poke around and see if it's something that you're interested in. Awesome. Well, Lloyd, really appreciate the time today, all of the insights. Uh, love hearing about the business. It's fun to talk about yeah. something like this compared to, you know, some of the other ones that we talked to all have great businesses, but this has definitely been a fun one for me. So uh, thanks so much. Yeah, it's been a blast for me. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Subscription Scale, sponsored by Rebar Technology. If something we said today resonated with you, please subscribe, rate, and download our podcast and share this episode with your network. 